Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back into the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 46. Guys, this is the most exciting number we've had yet. Wouldn't you say? No. Definitely not no. at all. It's, Come it's, on. it's is... tough to top last week with number 45 with all that that means. Unless, unless it was number 23. True. Number 23 would have been better. but Yeah, 46, so, I mean. Multiply 23 times 2, and you get this week, and we have... <laughs> Del- Bo Outlaw. <laughs> Del- Delaney Walker, where he grew his roots in San Francisco. He, with the 49ers, it was number 46. Uh, and now he is a shining star in Nashville. Am I wrong? Yeah, What's he's... his number now? 82. Why did he change his number? He dealt- I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 46 is, 46 is a fullback number. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I don't know why it'd be 46. All right, so in baseball, we have uh, three names. Matt, you want to read those three names? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Craig Kimbrell. Who, that's a good one, right? Uh, Andy uh, yes, Pettit. definitely a good one with Craig Kimbrell there. Yeah, Andy Pettit was another one. Uh, there was another Brave I saw on the list that I didn't put on here, but it was um, Mr. Kerry Lightenberg. Oh, gosh. 46. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, there was a guy who played for the Cubs one year named Ozzy Osbourne, who was the number 46. And then one of the greatest closers of all time, Lee Smith. Your favorite and mine, Lee Smith. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't Brian, you know. Brian, you know who Lee Smith is, right? Yeah, he played for the Cardinals and Expos and and the Cubs. Yeah, like late at like eighties and early nineties. He had almost five hundred saves. It was like four hundred eighty-six saves or something. Wow! Uh, like, next time, leave somebody like that off the list, man. That's terrible. <laughs> well, who do you have? Who do you have, Zach? Who's on your list? I like Craig Kimbrell. That's what I'm saying. Lee Smith. Yeah, I found him too. Yeah, you yeah. didn't say anybody. Yeah. Matt, Matt, you should have left off Lee Smith and just ended it yeah. with Bo Outlaw. Yeah, exactly. Lee Smith. Bo that sounds like somebody Bo that probably, probably goes to church with us. <laughs> that's that's true. That's funny. Bo, he's, Out- he's doing Bo Outlaw is he is my Sean Kemp. Those goggles, come on. <laughs> Horace Grant was the guy with the goggles. Bo Didn't Outlaw Bo was just copying Horace Grant. Yeah, you're probably right. Those 80s Bo Lakers teams had, were pretty good. Bo had like the Oakley-looking goggles. They were much cooler right. looking than Horace Grant. That's right. Well, they didn't make guys, those when Horace Grant played. Let's let's start talking some football. I'm tired of the, the Lee Smiths of the world. Um, <laughs> Zach, we've been discussing this uh, internally in our in our group text this week. Zach, you have proposed a new rule for the last place participant. And I know Kevin is going to be upset because we came up with this at you know on a random Monday in February, and it has to be to his schedule. But, Zach, you came up with it earlier this week. Uh, let the league in on, on your idea. Uh, yes, I am very excited about this. I can hardly contain my excitement. Um, but Jake <laughs> has forced our hand at this. Um <laughs> by not meeting the deadline and then claiming that he made a post and also claiming that he can't post uh, in general in our in our little forum that we have on Facebook. 
Uh, I don't believe any of these lies. But anyways, we now have a uh, a new penalty that is going to be in Wait, wait. I have, to, I have a question. Sure. Zach, Zach, did you block him from our Facebook? Is this a conspiracy? No, no, no. Did you lock it? Did you lock him out so that you can institute this new rule? That's my question. I did not. I did not lock him out. Mm. But uh, I should have. Um, but anyways, it sounds like it sounds like he's just using technical difficulties as his cop out, right? I I don't even guys. I don't know what to tell you. He he said he made a post on Wednesday. Clearly that didn't happen. So, anyways, uh, before we get to the good part with with what's going to happen to Jake moving forward, uh, I have one bonus announcement, which is why I ran downstairs and why I'm out of breath uh, at this point. But oh, no. all right, this is this does not apply for Jake, but this this will be for this upcoming year's last place participant, and mm. we now have a fantasy loser. Sash and a tiara <laughs> that the last place person must wear. I'll show it to you guys here on the, the camera here. As you can see, can y'all see that? Did you did you pay for this? I did pay for this. I saw it on the Dan Patrick show. Um, when they when they were doing the show in Houston for the Super Bowl, there was a guy in the crowd. And he was wearing this exact sash the whole time. And the camera kept going back to him. And it was hilarious. The poor dude just had to sit there. And it says, Fantasy Loser. It's a pink sash. And with a little sparkly tear that you probably see some little five-year-old girl wearing. So, um, whoever comes in last place this year, the bar has been raised. And you will be wearing this while ice water is dumped on you. So, what do you guys think about that? Or, or do you have to wear it during the draft? I mean, I'm down for that too. I like that too. Yeah, we could. Yeah, yeah. We should probably make Jake wear it during this draft. That would work. Right over I mean, that Ken jersey. Yeah, that right over that Ken jersey. Of, that could be a part of what you're proposing right now, right? Right. I like it. Yeah. So uh, here's the deal, Jake. We did not want to do this, but you made us do this. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, not true. I, Zach I, wanted I, to do this. I really want to do this. Um, <laughs> Let me ask a question. So, Brian, I hope you'll be objective here. I know Zach is your teammate, your co-manager. Do you think that Zach – because it's right now, from my perspective, I think Zach enjoys what <laughs> coming up with, with things for the loser to do more than he enjoys winning. Can you confirm, <laughs> Brian? Has, he, has Zach taken this too far? Has he taken it too far? No. <laughs> Does he enjoy this more than winning? Yes. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed the last place race. Way more than winning. Um, and now it's going to be even better because here's what we're going to do. For for you guys that are familiar with the Dan Patrick Show, they have something on there called the Wheel of Punishment, which makes an appearance every now and then. Um, and, and really, Jake should be kicked out of the league, but that's, that's too harsh. That's too harsh. Um, I even toyed with the idea of taking some draft picks away, but that's, that's too harsh. So here's what we're going Let's to do. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Brian talked you down. Brian, talk to you down on that. I'm just listening to you guys. I'm just being respectful <laughs> to your opinions. Um, <laughs> I think having a wheel with some of Jake's draft picks on there would be hilarious, and I would laugh the whole time. But, you know, my sense of humor doesn't line up with everybody else's. So, so 
do we do we announce to the league tonight some of the ideas we've come up with for this this wheel of punishment, or do we save oh, that yeah. and slowly yeah. reveal them over time? No, 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 no. Here's what no, we're. I'll say. Let's talk about it. Let's talk. Here's it what's going to happen. We are going to spin a wheel of punishment for Jake, and Suggs actually has a a a wheel like something you would see on mm-hmm. a, a game show, and we are going to put down some ideas that we have as penalty for Jake for for basically making his own deadline and bypassing the one that he had months to prepare for. So, so just just real quickly, so this we're not going to treat this like we did Kevin last year. You can't just because he's going to eventually do this doesn't mean he's safe on punishments, right? Oh, say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> so last year we, we gave Kevin a pass last year because right. he last minute, last minute, you know, filmed right. that we video didn't. with. Yeah, we didn't have a deadline for Kevin last year. We made a deadline for Jake because of Kevin from last year. But Jake completely just went past it. So he's got to spin the wheel of punishment. To be fair, what if what Jake has been planning is so epic that he needed some extra time? Then you can go give him a pat on the back. (laughs) Well, let's say this. If it's not epic, what's on the wheel is going to be worse. All he's got right? to do, all he's got to do, is just have ice water dumped on him. So I mean, yeah, but, but he's got a theme. Uh, yeah, he's and going the theme, all out. The theme is not. Ice. The theme is not that Matt's kids hit you in the nuts with ice. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see what he's got going. What is it? Thursday or Friday? It's Thursday, Thursday at four four thirty. I want to have to sponsor so, a Facebook event and get this out there. Okay. Before we leave the wheel of punishment, can can we say too that I definitely want this to be not just something for the last place finisher. I want to I want to use it like they do in the Dan Patrick show, where anytime we feel like somebody is deserving of it, or maybe perhaps oh. one of the four of us makes a bet, loses the bet, has to take something from the wheel of punishment. Yeah, I, I like this. I think it'll spice uh, up the show a little bit. Oh, I like what it. about? I like it a lot. What about? What about the moment at the draft when somebody repeats a draft? Oh, oh, yes. oh yes. my gosh. Yes. yes. So Risher will be spinning the wheel. It'll and just happen. out of general life breathing, it's going to be Ross getting the most penalties just because. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. I wasn't. So Ross. let me just – I just want to whet everyone's appetite, though, and reveal one thing that should be on the wheel of punishment. Oh, can we all? Can we all say one? Well, you can all say one, but I'm, I think I'm stealing yours, Matt, here. I, I'm okay, gonna, okay. I'm just going to give one. This is the kind of thing that would be on the Wheel of Punishment. You have to eat an almond out of James' belly button. I like it. I like Ugh. it. I liked um, the one that's like where... That's like Fear Factor, like having to do something like that. That's gross. I like the one where... Um, you lose your table and you have to sit on the floor for the entire draft. Yeah, that's like a good that one. one. I, I you, like have to, the, you have to sit with Ross and read the whole draft. Right. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I like the idea of Jake having to sit with the person who replaced him, and then he ultimately replaced mid mid season. I like that idea. Reed and Reed and Jake Standifer together at a table. Man, so, there's a rivalry there. Though. There there might be a fist fight. If they sit there. Yeah, that could be bad. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to open this up to everybody in the league. There will be a thread by the time you're listening to this. And I want everybody to post their ideas of what will be on the wheel of punishment for Jake. <laughs> and 
I want everybody to or, like or or others. No, this one's just for Jake. Uh, every time that this happens uh, for somebody new, we're going to make a new thread just for that person. Is what we're going to do. Um, yep. For the draft, we'll probably have one set uh, list of things for the Wheel of Punishment. But uh, for Jake, he gets his own set. Right. So I, I liked um, I liked the one where another another person in the league has to make one of your draft picks. I like that one. Yeah. So. Anyways, this is going to be open to everybody in, in, in the league and just everybody that likes all the posts, you know, the ones that get liked the most, that's the ones that we're going to put on the wheel. Do you know how many slots there are? No. Okay. <laughs> there's several. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, and here's, here's the thing. Jack had, uh, uh, that's, that's eight slots. There's more than eight that. would be a nice number. Yeah. Here's the thing with these proposed changes, guys, for the, the league that wants to hear this right now, because a lot of times, like, Kevin has given Zach a hard time for just making up rules as he goes and, you know, not telling the league about things. We openly discuss this on the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast, this shouldn't be news to people. Some people will find out about this for the first time at, like, the draft meeting or something like that. So we're talking about this in February. So it's not like it's going to be something that's brand new and introduced the week, you know, before the draft. Right. So, I, I like the idea of it. Uh, I don't want it to go too far because any of you guys look like uh, Roger Goodell. We wouldn't want that. But <laughs> Zach, I, Zach's going to get booed at the draft. Well, he should be. <laughs> um, speaking of getting booed, though, that transitions into the next topic, and that was Super Bowl Fifty One. Guys, we talked about it being a close game, and I remember a lot of the stuff that Brian had mentioned I feel like kind of came to fruition. Um, mm -hmm. But, man, was that the greatest Super Bowl ever? Is that Terry Pace coughing? <laughs> it is. Yeah, quit coughing. Get Terry Pace on this. I want his opinion on the Super Bowl. I prefaced earlier, I told him, I said, Dad, I'm going to do the podcast. You know, don't talk. And he said, I'm not going on. <laughs> I mean, I think, okay, back to your question. I think that it's easy every year to say that was the best I've seen when it's a good game. But that comeback, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that. The first half that was, was, that was, yeah, the first half was incredibly boring. Second half, oh, yeah. entertaining. so like Dan Patrick said, the whole game, I don't know if it was the best ever game, but that was one of the best endings. Oh, for sure. It would have to be. We had our core group at my house, and um, I kept telling them, it's, it's okay, Brady's spotting him 25. He's, he's giving him a head start, cementing his legacy. I didn't believe that was going to happen, but, uh, man, he carved him up. It was crazy. One of the craziest stats I saw was that this was the highest margin of victory for the Patriots out of all of their Super Bowls. Did you guys see that stat anywhere? Wow. Like, wow. All oh, their, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah all of their goals have been like two, three, three. You know, I don't know, very, very small margins, and that this was the largest one. That's crazy. What do you think it was? What do you think it was that cost Atlanta the game? What What was the moment to you that cost Atlanta the game? Everyone will mention the fact that they, you know, when they got down to the twenty-two yard line and Kyle Shanahan called three consecutive pass plays was the reason. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was. It was obviously that was a huge contributing factor. But the play 
where Dante Hightower blew up Devontae Freeman and had the strip sack of Matt Ryan. I think that I, I said out loud when I was watching the game, oh my goodness, that, that's a game changer. Like they could come back. I think that was the moment. I think that started the comeback, but I, I think you, what you mentioned first, you get down to the 22-yard line. There's, what, like four minutes left, three and a half minutes. You run the ball three times. You either force them to use their timeouts or you run it down to less than two minutes. You kick the field goal. You're up 11. They've got to score twice in less than two minutes, which means they definitely have to get an onside kick. It, it's almost impossible. And instead, he runs... You know, pass plays which which stop the clock, which lead to sacks. Which you could you could blame that on Matt Ryan too for taking a sack. He's got to get rid of that ball. But I'm putting this one on Kyle Shanahan. Well, I think the other thing was the challenge on the Edelman catch, which was one of the most That's amazing tough. catches I've ever seen. But the fact that they lost that timeout on that challenge um, that gave them no shot. And when they ran that um, that last little drive that they had. That was one of the worst called drives I've seen. They burned, They could have passed a few more times. They just burned so much clock there at the end. Yeah. And, and the, whoever it was, the returner, the kick returner, runs it out of the end zone instead of just taking a yeah. knee or letting it roll around. Mm -hmm. That wastes seconds and 15 yards of field position because they got it at the 10. Yeah, and when Matt, when Matt Ryan took that sack uh, that everyone will mention, um, not the strip sack, but the, the sack where he was, I think he lost about 9 or 10 yards. Um, the conversation that I've heard all week is, is how did Kyle Shanahan or whoever was talking in Matt Ryan's ear not say something to Matt Ryan like, you cannot take a sack on this play. Just do anything but get sacked. Throw it away, do something. And he took a sack there. I, I couldn't believe it. And that was right after uh, Jake Matthews had that holding call, the left tackle. So it was just a, a series of unfortunate events for the Falcons. It, it still doesn't matter to me. I, I don't know why you put it in his hands to throw the ball in the first place because you don't need a touchdown at that point. You just need a field goal. You need you need to you need to make it a two-score game, and a field goal would have done that. It's just it's inexcusable for me. Well, and you asked what you asked, you asked the question: What play uh, was the the you know the turning point, the changing point for the Patriots? You know, the, the play for me that really should have ended the game was that amazing catch by Julio Jones on the sideline, tipping his feet in. That, you know, to me, that was one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history. And what's unfortunate for Julio is that no one's going to remember that catch. They're going to remember Kyle Shanahan's terrible play calling, Edelman's crazy catch. Um, but, you know, the Julio catch right there, with the time that, that they had on the clock and the field position, that should have won the game right there. Did you see the meme right after halftime that showed Belichick talking to Brady and said, all right, Tom, time to cheat? No. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> That's good. That's how um, they won. They cheated somehow. Well, yeah, and speaking of, of Kyle Shanahan, just in some NFL news, it's so ironic that Kyle Shanahan blows that game for the Falcons, and then literally as soon as that game's over, well, not literally as soon as it's over, but, I mean, his his mind's already on his new team. He uh, became the head coach of the Falcons on Monday. Um, who knows? I mean, the Falcons have had three head coaches in three years. Who's used to say that they don't let him walk after one bad year. Who, who are we talking about that walks after one year? Kyle Shanahan, oh, yeah, going to absolutely. the 49ers. 
if they did it again, I don't know how they could ever hire a head coach again, you know, with firing two head coaches in the after their first year. It's just I, I just I can't imagine that. Where are they where are they in the draft? Number two. Number two. Oh. Well, here's your shot. I mean Yeah. Well, and, and sticking with the Falcons, they they had some more news this week. Uh, today, surprise hire, I think. Maybe some people saw it coming, mm-hmm. but they hired uh, Alabama offensive coordinator uh, Steve Sarkeesian, um, former USC and Washington head coach, as their offensive coordinator. I It's it's bizarre because Sark has only been in the Alabama role for, like, literally a month. You know, his first yeah. game, his first and only game was the national championship game, and now he's with the Falcons. Um what do you got? Why do you guys think he he left Bama? You think it had to do with Saban? No, yeah. I, I I think he's just it's a better job. It's a offensive coordinator in college, even if it is the best or the, or the one of the best positions for an offensive coordinator in college versus offensive coordinator of the highest scoring offense in the NFL. I mean, I I, feel, I would feel pretty comfortable taking that job. And it's probably a little bit of the Lane Kiffin effect. I mean. He watched Lane Kiffin really kind of take a crappy job. So when an opportunity comes up for him to fly, Nick Saban kind of has this like reclamation project going on with his offensive coordinators where he takes guys who are kind of cast-offs and, you know, kind of rehabilitates their career. But Sark got a really awesome opportunity really fast. So uh, I do think it's ironic that Kyle Shanahan blows the Super Bowl and then uh, they give the job to the guy that blew the national championship game. But uh, Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's good. Well, Sark, we mentioned him earlier. Sark is inheriting who I think is the best wide receiver in the NFL, Julio Jones. We talked about his amazing catch. Um, which uh, which which Super Bowl performance are we going to remember? Are we going to remember Edelman, Julio Jones? Who had the best for a wide receiver uh, performance in the Super Bowl? Uh, I think everybody's going to remember Edelman just because they won. I mean, Julio Jones will be a footnote, but... Um... I mean, it's going to be Edelman, that catch. I mean, it's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Right. Um, you know, Zach last week predicted that James White would have a big game, and then uh, he did. He said yeah. the Super Bowl I should have put money on that. Receptions, right? Let me tell you how much. Well, you said uh, he was going to be MVP. Which, <laughs> what'd you say? You said he was going to be MVP, but he should have Brady, Brady locked that he down. Should, no, he stop. Should've. Are you kidding me? James White, James White should have been the MVP. He, he should have been the MVP. <laughs> did you Sorry. see that? Did you see that he had if if you had fantasy scoring in the Super Bowl, he had the highest if you're scoring at PPR, he had the highest fantasy score of any player ever in the Super Bowl. It was amazing. So I think that's Yeah, but, yeah didn't he have fourteen catches? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, but Tom Brady. But Tom Brady. There's no way he should have been MVP over Tom Brady. Well, so I, I listened today on, on, on the radio, and, and John McClain, who is the uh, sports columnist for the Houston Chronicle. No, McClain? not that not that John McClain. Okay. Um, a better John McClain. So he, he said that, that the reason Brady won was because the press writers who picked the MVP of the Super Bowl had to turn in their vote when there was two minutes left on the clock in regulation. So okay. every, every single sports writer in the press box wrote down on their card, Matt Ryan if the Falcons win, Brady if the Pats win. Yeah. So that's how that happened. That makes so, sense. 
James James White got snubbed. Oh yeah, definitely. And at the end there, where he ran in the game-winning touchdown, he was saying on the Dan Patrick show that he, they asked him if he had that football, and he said he didn't. Did you hear that? Oh man. He said he no, just he said he just dropped it and took off sprint. He has no idea what happened to that. So, oh, I wonder who got that. I mean, there's some memorabilia going Brady. around right now that's worth a lot of money. Now they got Brady's jersey. So here's here's James White's stat line from the Super Bowl. Rushing, he had six rushing uh, attempts, 29 yards, and two touchdowns. You know, slow but you know productive with the two touchdowns, and then receiving. And here is where he went off, and Zach predicted this. 14 catches, 110 receiving yards, and a touchdown to win the game. I mean, just what an unbelievable performance for a guy who is, what, third in line the whole season in New England behind Deion oh, yeah. and Garrett Blunt. Yeah. So it was impressive yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I know James was upset about his guy going off in the Super Bowl instead yeah. of during the regular fantasy season. Old Armadillo. <laughs> Talking about Kevin Boss? I want to go back to the receivers and I want to make this and I think we can do this for the next couple of weeks let's dedicate this episode to wide receiver talk we've talked about Julio Jones and Julian Edelman and the the guys in New England the 18 receivers they have or whatever all white guys Um, let's, let's move on the same weekend as the Super Bowl was the Hall of Fame voting and the Hall of Fame selected um, their finalists Name the class, and the big snub again was Terrell Owens. Um, wh- why do you guys think that T.O. hasn't been? And it's a pretty obvious reason, but let's just kind of discuss T.O. and why he's why he's been snubbed the last two years. Well, it's the sports writers voting on the Hall of Fame, isn't it? Is that who votes? Yes. Yes. They're yes. not big fans of T.O. I can tell you that. Yeah, and the and the the reason that I'm always hearing is is. The media has talked to coaches and, and a lot of people, and, and everyone says the reason he's not in is because he was a quote-unquote locker room cancer. Um, but if you look at his stats, man, I mean, T.O. is in the top three, top eh, maybe top five best receivers of all time. Well, he's second in yards, third in touchdowns, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. And T.O. made the playoffs with three different teams. Um and the, the coolest stat that I, that I saw today on T.O. is he's the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 teams. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. I didn't know that. So he's, he's productive uh, in, in multiple eras of football and, and for multiple teams. So I, I just think it's a joke that he's not in. And they put a Morton Anderson as a kicker in before him. It's just it's not a, a ringing endorsement for the Hall of Fame voters. Um, but another wide receiver who didn't make the cut this year, and I don't know if he should ever make the cut, is uh, Isaac Bruce. What are, what are you guys' thoughts on his career and, and certainly as a, no. as a member of the Raiders? No. no thanks. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, I'm going to say no thanks as well. Isaac Bruce was a really good receiver for, oh, about 10 years or so. But, I mean, even at the time, I wouldn't have put him in the top five receivers in the NFL. And if you're not right. top five at your position – while you're in your prime, and I don't know how you could be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and you know, and the last name I'll mention for for Hall of Fame, he wasn't a candidate this year. Um, he'll be a candidate in 2018. This guy is my favorite um, non-Titans football player of all time, Randy Moss. You guys know him for his six games with the Titans in 2010. That's what he'll be known for forever. 
Um, he's first ballot, right? Got to be. Yeah, yeah he's oh, he's the reason yeah. Tio doesn't get in next year. Absolutely. I think they might put him in together. I think that would make sense. Two of the best uh, all time who were contemporaries, putting them in in the same year. That makes sense if they want. I think it's going to have to take Randy Moss probably saying that he wants Tio to go in with him or something, but I don't know. I just it, it's it's amazing to me. Terrell Owens doesn't have a criminal record. I mean, I don't think he was a horrible person. He just he I don't know. Just rub people the wrong way. But the main caveat there—that's a joke. The main caveat there is it's is pro football writers who are the Hall of Fame voters. They completely separate on and off the field issues, and so that's why it's even harder to understand. Um, why certain players get in, certain players don't. Because Randy Moss, you remember early in his career, had some off-the-field issues. But, um, I mean, if you think about it, outside of Jerry Rice, has there been a more dominant receiver in NFL history besides Randy Moss? I don't know, Benny. There's not many. Well, the the thing about Randy Moss, too, was he wasn't the type of guy... T.O. was more this type of guy. Randy Moss wasn't the type of the guy who goes out and catches 10, 15 passes and, you know, it's just he's the guy you throw it to every time because you know he's going to get open and run good routes. Randy Moss was a total game changer who just took the top off of defense and, like, completely opened up your offense for for everything else. And the thing was, you, if you threw it up deep to him, he wasn't just a decoy. He could go up and get it better than anybody else in the history of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, if he's not number two, he's at least number three best wide receiver of all time. All, all joking aside, I, I know he's not going to go in as a Titan. What team, because he was on five different teams, what team yes. does Randy Moss go in as, a Viking? He goes in as a Viking. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A Titan. Um, the Titan for Titan. That's right. And Culpepper is the one that uh, brings him in. He'll be up there on the stage. Yeah, that, or Chris Carter. I was thinking Chris Carter yeah. would probably do it. He's already in the hall. Um, so sticking with, with wide receivers, we've talked about um, the Hall of Fame receivers and certainly the ones who played in the Super Bowl. Uh, free agency is uh, coming up in, in early March, and there is a, a decent crop of receivers. I wouldn't say this is the best year, um, but let's run through some of those names. And, of course, like always, we lead off with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Terrell Pryor, by a lot of projections, is the best uh, wide receiver who is going to hit the open market this year. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on Terrell Pryor, who really has only played about two seasons at, at wide receiver? Yeah, I mean – I feel like he started off hot last year, and then he did decent afterwards. And I guess that's because teams are making adjustments to him and stuff. So it'll be really interesting to see how he bounces back after having a year to, uh, you know, really prepare for a wide receiver role like this after knowing uh, with with the success that he's had. Plus, and I think he's I think he's intriguing. Um, I think he's intriguing because he did pretty good when he didn't know who his quarterback was going to be every week. So yeah, I think absolutely. next year, yeah, if you put him with a good quarterback, um, there's no telling what that guy can do. With our with our league with our league settings last year, he ranked 20th among wide receivers. So better season than I, I guess that I even thought. Um, but wow. sticking in Cleveland, 
the other receiver uh, who I don't even know has a future in the league, Josh Gordon. Um, are we done with him? Are we going to wipe our hands of that mess? No, he'll get one more shot. Where, yeah. where's that, where, do, where do you think he'll get a shot at? Um, I mean, it'll have to be somewhere like New England or something like that, you know, somewhere where um, he he knows he can't mess around or he'll be gone immediately. Sure. I mean, it's going to be something like that. Um, it doesn't matter, though. I mean, regardless, either way, Rob Goss is probably going to take these two guys that we mentioned, number one and number two in the draft, yes. so we'll never get yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you where do you think Josh Gordon gets drafted in our league next year? Oh, I think the last two years he's gone earlier than he should. I think people have learned their, learned their lesson. I think he'll go his past eighth round. I really do. Uh, he went in the beginning of round five last year to jo- or, uh, to Jeff. Sorry, I was saying Josh Gordon. Um, and it really just depends on where he lands and the hype that comes with that because the That's true. you know the potential for him is you know off the charts. We saw what he can do. Um, so it just really depends on that where he lands. The biggest, the biggest name I wouldn't even say that the Gordon and Pryor are the biggest names in free agency, obviously, but the biggest name that's going to hit the market is Alshon Jeffrey from the Bears. Um, and I, honestly, I, I just I feel bad for the guy because he's 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 had to work with guys like Jay Cutler um, and Matt Barkley. Players like that over the last couple of years uh, at quarterback. Um, so I think if you put him behind a good quarterback, uh, don't really know who that is. I could speculate, but uh, I, I think he could do some damage. Um, I've heard talks of him. If they re-sign Kirk Cousins, that could be a nice pair. Uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts on, on Alshon Jeffrey? You know what else he's had to deal with, too, other than the uh, bad quarterback play? He's had to deal with a uh, paper mache hamstring. I don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> that, that's what I was, that's what I was going to say. He's just he's always injured, and people are going to be more excited about Josh Gordon than they are him. Right. Chris Sims. Chris Sims on Bleacher Report said that the Tennessee Titans would sign Alshon Jeffrey. No. That was an no, article today. No well, that that does beg a good question, though. Pace, since you and I are both uh, draft and just general free agency and off-season gurus, who would you at the wide receiver position like the Titans to sign? Man, you know, when I watched that national championship game, I was like most people who saw Mike Williams and just my eyes, you know, grew just massive watching him uh, play, and I just was sure that they needed to, uh, to draft him. But, you know, watching some film and kind of hearing the talk around Corey Davis, I, I'd be really happy if, if, if they went and picked up him from Western Michigan. I like Corey Davis. Is there anybody that you like in free agency? Maybe one of the, if not one of the guys that we've mentioned, maybe a cheaper option. No, and the reason I say that is because most of the, the cheaper options are going to be wide receiver number twos, and that the Titans have that in Rashard Matthews. Heck, they have that in Tajay Sharp. They need a number one receiver, and so I don't think they need to waste any money in free agency on a, on a receiver. I'm going to disagree respectfully and Go say that there is a guy I really like, and that's Kenny Stills. Uh, if, if you look at his, you know, one of the things that, that has been discussed about one of the Titans' needs is a receiver who can take the top off the defense. If you look at Kenny Stills, 
first of all, in the combine, he ran somewhere in the four threes. I can't exactly remember uh, where in the four threes he ran, but he ran he ran his forty times somewhere in the four threes. That's blazing fast. And he has, I think it's like the second or third highest yards per catch in the NFL for like the last three seasons or two seasons. So obviously this is a guy who is a big play threat and mm -hmm. a guy that can, if he's not actually catching the ball downfield, can be a decoy to catch the ball downfield, and that can open things up for uh, Delaney Walker, for a Rashard Matthews, for a Tajay Sharp, guys who normally are going to struggle a little more to get open on their own. I had a feeling that you would mention Kenny Stills because today I had kind of thought, what, what if, you know, with Kenny Stills? And then I remembered um, a key thing from the 2015 season with Rashard Matthews. At the beginning of the 2015 season, he sort of protested and he kind of, you know, said, I'm, I'm going to sit out. I, I, he felt like he was being undervalued and he was really upset that the Dolphins drafted guys like Devontae Parker um, Jarvis Landry and especially Kenny Stills because he has a very similar uh, skill set to Rashard Matthews. So he he did not re-sign with Miami because they had guys around like Kenny Stills and others. So I, I feel like that would create too much of a um, of a stir in Nashville if they brought Kenny Stills, his former teammate, who he you know fought for targets with. Um, if if it weren't for that, I'd I'd consider it. But I really think that's just Rashard Matthews is their guy. They don't want any trouble. Uh, so I, I don't think they explore that option. Well, I think if Rashard Matthews himself is calling himself a number two wide receiver, and if we are more concerned, or if John Robinson is, is more concerned about keeping Rashard Matthews happy than about doing what's best for the team, then we don't have a chance anyway. That's my two cents. Yeah, I guess it's just you have to decide whether you think that they're going to attack in the free agency or attack the draft. And I, personally, I think they're going to go young and, and grab from the draft. I don't think they – because wide receiver isn't that big a need that you need to draft. You need to pull from both. So I think if they grab in the draft, they're going to hang tight in free agency. But that's just you know, it's just my opinion. Um, you know, there's another wide receiver available. Who's that? And that's Kenny Britt, who's no, also thanks. available. No thanks. No. One thing that I'm kind of upset I'm, I'm with. I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> One thing that uh, I just kind of hate how it ended because I think he's got some talent is Kendall Wright. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it. You know. I know he had issues with the weight and all that stuff and this and that, but I just think that. He's he was a talented receiver and and still could be depending on where he ends up. I just hate that the Titans are letting him go and just the way that unfolded with him. Honestly, I could easily see him going to Miami because his former receiver coach uh, Sean Jefferson is is now the receivers coach in Miami. I could see him going there and and you know like we just mentioned, Kenny Stills is leaving, so they they have a need at wide receiver. Um, but wh wherever he goes. Let's not freak out if he has a couple of breakout weeks, the first couple of weeks with the new team, which is what fans will always do. Um, it's just he wasn't a fit here, so move I feel on. Like you I, know? I don't think anybody in our league freaked out and picked him up really quickly or anything like that last year, this past season. Like I feel like Matt I don't know did. What you're Matt, about. Yeah. I don't think – surely nobody would do that in our league, so I, I bet he'll be fine wherever he ends up. 
hey, look, I'm, I'll say that he uh, kept the ice bucket off of me. That's what I'll say. <laughs> well, he, did his, he did his job. I was in the stadium picking up Kendall Wright. <laughs> what, were your, what were your kids doing during all this? Like you're on your phone, like picking up somebody on the waiver wire. Where, I mean, were you watching them at all? I probably lost them right then. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Oh man, guys, are there any other free agent receivers of note? I know that, that Washington is—they're uh, losing to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garcon, but those guys are 31 and 30. I mean. You know, no offense to you guys, but in the NFL, thirty and thirty-one, that's <laughs> they're done. Unless you're Steve Smith. That's very true. Um, but I, there, there are no other names that I'm really looking at that I, that I see any uh, value out of. Kamar, Kamar Aiken, no thanks. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody. All right. Um, Brian, I like our draft talk. We should definitely, uh, once we get done with these position, uh, the positions and, and discussing those, we should definitely have a, a draft uh, podcast and dedicate it to the draft. Um, get Ryan Risher on board. I know he had fun with that last time. Um, but I wanted, there's, a, there's one quick wide receiver stat that I wanted to mention. A receiver we haven't mentioned tonight is Amari Cooper. And... Um, Cooper was drafted in 2015. Uh, I think he was the fourth pick overall to the Raiders. Um, so in that first round of the 2015 draft, Mari Cooper was taken, uh, Kevin White of the Bears, and Devontae Parker um, of uh, the Dolphins. And actually, I think Nelson Aguilar was, was taken in the first round. Do you guys remember or not? No, I don't I know. I can't remember if he was first or second. I think he was a first-rounder. So those top four, Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, and Nelson Aguilar. Here is Amari Cooper's stats since 2015. So in two seasons, Amari Cooper has 449 points in our league. You know what the other three receivers, White, Parker, and Aguilar, have combined? 37. 444. I mean, Cooper's a beast. Yeah, he really is. Roll uh, tide, roll tide. Al Galore went. He went in the first round. Yep, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean that's insane. Twentieth overall pick. That's what it says. Right. Wow, that is incredible. But I, I want to go back to one thing that that we were discussing earlier, just because it kind of ruffled my feathers earlier today when I read this. We were talking about Sarkeesian leaving for the Falcons. What we didn't talk about was Matt. Have you seen at all? who the Tide are looking at for a new offensive coordinator? Chip Kelly? Oh. They've looked at Chip Kelly and then Herflick, the, the, uh, the Oregon coach uh, that got fired this year, who was Chip Kelly's offensive coordinator for a number of years. Oh, Mark Helfrich? Yeah. So, so Alabama immediately, you know, allegedly at least, looks at those two guys, and Tennessee looks at a nobody – to run the exact offense that Oregon had run forever. And mm. that's pretty much sums up everything you need to know, in my opinion, about Bush Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's Saban's thing, man. It's reclamation projects, guys who have, who have, um, guys who have failed somewhere else that he can get cheap. And they pay him really well, and they, you know, as, as good as you can for an offensive coordinator position, and they come in and, 
I thought Lane Kiffin would get a better job than he got, but Lane Kiffin just must be a tool because oh, man. he's in the middle of nowhere. Speaking of I mean, Lane Kiffin, I saw on Twitter after this was announced today about the new offensive coordinator, it said, how many offensive coordinators has uh, Nick Saban had since he lost or whatever? And then it was a picture of Lane Kiffin doing the owl thing, putting up a three. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting retweeted like crazy. It made me laugh. Go Lane out. Like in a, he's in a retirement community trying to recruit football players now. So Go, go owls. Related to all that, there, this is a tweet that I saw about Kiffin and, and Sarkeesian. It's not the tweet of the week, although it could be. Um, Chase uh, Goodbread, I guess, is of NFL Network. He said, so Kiffin and Sark both come to Alabama with baggage. One a three-year offensive coordinator ends up at Florida Atlantic. The other a one-year analyst and is now an NFL offensive coordinator. I thought that was, was pretty good. Like, how, how did Sark look out so much more than, than Kiffin in this situation? I just I don't get it. Yeah. But Sorry about your luck, Kiffin. We do have tweets of the week. Zach, I know you have one this week. Um, would you like to read it? Yeah. The tweet I put down that I just thought was funny was SportsCenter tweeted out a picture, I guess, of the sign-in, the late sign-in paper at a school in Atlanta. And it says, reasonable reasons for being late to school. And, you know, you've got like late, late, sick, technical difficulties. And then they had two highlighted and somebody put failed to rise up, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And then the one below it put Falcons depression. Um, and misspelled depression. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the, the comments below that is a picture of Donald Trump, which seems to be like the reply for everything right now where he's holding up something he signed. And it says, Warriors, Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the finals. The Indians blew a 3-1 lead in the World Series. And the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Incredible. But really, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the comebacks that have happened this past year. We've been really spoiled with uh, some oh good games. Yeah, we have. And I, I have a tweet here I can read. This isn't my tweet of the week, but uh, Good Morning America tweeted this uh, the day after the Super Bowl. So the last 365 days in sports – Villanova NCAA title buzzer beater. NBA Finals Game 7, where the Cavs were down 3-1 and came back and won. You mentioned the Cubs coming back from a 3-1 deficit. The college football title, Clemson wins in the last second, and the Super Bowl goes into its first ever overtime. I mean, we have you're right. We've been spoiled. Do we count when we beat Jake by point, .17 points, or is that <laughs> too far back? I say too we, far back. I say we count it. All right. Yeah. We Anyways. Should. Um, my tweet of the week, and it this is kind of ironic. I has has nothing to do with uh, the podcast. I just I found this before, but it has to do with Randy Moss, um, Robert Mays, who's a staff writer for uh, the Ringer. Um, he says uh, the Randy Moss touchdowns page on Pro Football Reference is longer than the Book of Mice and Men, and so it's got this. If you guys ever look at Pro Football Reference. It has his list of touchdowns, and I mean, I'm telling you, this thing goes on for pages and pages. Um, it says right here on, on Randy Moss's pro football reference, it says, Randy Moss, Randy Jean Moss, in parentheses, the freak. So that, that was my tweet of the week. That was pretty good. I like it. Zach, what's yours? He read it. I already read it, Matt. Thanks for paying attention. Oh. Let's do, hey, let's do a will of punishment for Matt right thinking, now after I that. About, I was thinking about my baby. God. I'll find out what it is tomorrow morning. 
Yeah, use the oh, baby yeah. card. Left, left just milking that excuse. Yeah. That's the first time I've said it on the podcast. You know what? Wheel, Wheel of Punishment, we get to name this baby. <laughs> but Matt, all, seriously though, congratulations. We're, we're super happy for you and Angela and the boys. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know uh, as soon as you do what the what the gender is, and uh, we're happy for you guys. So uh, I know we're about to wrap this up, but uh, I just wanted to throw out there that Jake has posted our. our <laughs> I already posted the will of punishment ideas thread, so everybody please go there. Um, but Jake <laughs> made his own. It, he made his own option on the poll, and it says Jake has suffered enough via the curse of McManus, and he voted for that. And so did Jordan Iwanison. Give me a break. In the world, that's just gross. They have some weird back channeling yeah, alliance. That's really hashtag collusion right there. If I've ever seen it. Yes. Yes. We may that's be gross. on something. Jordan voted. He already voted. He didn't. They don't even know what they're voting for. I think one of the things on the wheel of punishment needs to be that they combine teams. I, oh my! I'm typing that uh, right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. This is just silly. Yep. So, anyways, well, then, everybody, well, go then, wrap, then wrap it up, Jordan, before your uh, phone goes dead. Billy, this is genius. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about Jordan just blindly voting for Jake. I'm not talking about. This is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 We're good. Yeah, easy. Easy. <laughs> well, we do need to wrap it up. It's getting kind of late. Um, Matt has an important day tomorrow, as do we. That's right. um, so, Brian, Matt, Zach, do you guys have anything? That. Nope, just be sure to go vote on the Wheel of Punishment, and you can vote for as many ideas as you like. So be sure to vote for more than one so we can have a top eight or whatever it may be. And make, exactly. sure, that you, make sure that you go tonight and look up Lee Smith so that you'll appreciate oh, uh, closers in baseball. Yeah, as you're falling asleep. Zach, we had talked about doing this just once a month um, uh-huh. up until the draft. Is that still, is that still the case, or are we, uh, we going to try and do this – um, a little bit more throughout the month. Uh, we can do whatever you guys want to do. I mean, if something happens and we want to do a podcast, I'm up for it. So, uh, whatever you guys think. I think we got to plan something big for number 50. We're getting close, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if, if that's we'll everything. Let, we'll, let, we'll let Ross host that one. <laughs> we'll let Ross spend <laughs> the wheel of punishment. Gosh, I don't, want to sound, I don't want to sound like Trump or anything, but when Ross hosts, the ratings are just terrible. He's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of hosting this podcast. Shots fired. Let's pray. We'll, we'll pray for him. Yeah, pray, pray for Ross. All right, oh, guys. Wait, Ross could spin the wheel on episode. Yeah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>